Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing close, drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. And they replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all of these. Now the men there were numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to sit before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanksgiving. If you go home and you fall asleep today during the homily, remember one word. Thanksgiving. And if you're going to remember a second word, remember. 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 Do we take our thanksgiving for granted? Maybe we do. Today is the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. We're going to have a procession at the end of the Mass. It's a beautiful thing. After all, the Holy Eucharist is, is in every tabernacle and on every altar at Mass. It is everywhere. It is central part of every priest's existence and purpose of life. And for us as Christians, it is also central and should be the focus of our own lives. Every day, St. John Paul prayed an hour before the Blessed Sacrament, before praying Mass. What a wonderful thing to do. How much time have we spent with the Lord listening The Eucharist is the very heart of the church. Today, post-Easter expression of our faith, and the Eucharist is the source and summit of all Christian life, meaning in, for, and of essential part of every sacrament that we partake. Aren't sacraments signs that God gives us through Jesus to find our way to heaven? then why aren't we all here? Why aren't our churches full? Why do we have problems the way we do? Why is there so much suffering that is needless? Why do we have a shortage of priests? Maybe we don't 
appreciate. Maybe we don't give enough thanksgiving and to remember. What is it that we value more than God? Is there really anything? I doubt it. We doubt it. You doubt it. I know you. But then again, do we really remember? Today's Corpus Christi Sunday. Our readings are all about Eucharist and Thanksgiving. You know, there is a spiritual DNA imprinted with the spirit within all living creatures. For example, they have taken Eucharistic miracles, the blood from those miracles, and matched it with a shroud. It is God. He is here. He is near. This is a feast of all creation. And what we're saying is that what God has created is good. And we're saying that God is good. But few of us can say very long that we're focused. We're unable to stay connected to this Eucharist. We casually come and receive it on our tongues, even though our mouths sometimes say things that are mean to each other. But that very tongue that receives the Eucharist is receiving and touching God in such a very intimate way. Everything else other than God in our lives is really rubbish. Yet do we allow our Heavenly Father to dwell within us who are his temples? Is it not that we are created in the image of God, our Christ? In the readings today in Genesis, the only thing you really need to know here about the bread and the wine, the mysterious king of high priest Melchizedek, is that these elements are being presented to us. As you know, all priests are ordained in the order of Melchizedek. In the letter of Corinthians, what Paul is really saying here is that what the apostles have received, he has handed down. This is something that we all must do, handing down our understanding of what the Eucharist is. It's our responsibility, we must remember. And in the gospel, our Lord feeds the multitudes. In the gospel of Luke, I think there are at least 10 examples of when our Lord is at a meal. Eating together, all creatures eat. It sustains life. It's very important. They talk about five loaves, representing the five books of the Pentateuch. They talk about two fish, representing two worlds, the Hebrew world and the Gentile world. Since we live on the edge of eternity and life on earth is short, it's a good idea to ask God, who are you? Who is God? Unless we see with the eye of faith and contemplate his existence, we will never know. To know, to love, and to serve God is what we're supposed to do. It is good for, it is good for us, and we cannot forget this. The Eucharist is the most intense and as close as we can get to God in this life. Yet do we take it for granted? Our separated Christian brethren have forgotten about the Eucharist. They talk about the body of Christ, but they forget how our Lord feeds us and sustains us. 
Lest we forget sacramental signs and oaths by which we live our lives are important. But as Catholics, have we forgotten? With baptism as an invitation to Jesus' heavenly banquet, we should pray that at the end of every meal. We thank him for that. All human activity and focus must be sacramental in our lives. If we look at confirmation, holy matrimony, the anointing of the sick and holy orders, and reconciliation, it is all about the Eucharist, the Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. There is no sacrament greater or more precious than the Eucharist. All sacraments, church ministries, works are bound up within this Eucharist, which means in Greek, thanksgiving. The Eucharistic procession is a demonstration of common faith, prayer and thanksgiving and petition, intervention, worship and adoration, and also an invitation, a call to unbelievers. What are those Catholics doing now? Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten to celebrate our love for God? We should rejoice. This is not a waste of time. This is not a frivolous kind of activity of reverie. We have the need for the presence in every human heart. Is it not the heart that is the altar of our temple? where God dwells. In the mystery of the incarnation, the cross Jesus reveals the true power of self-abasement. He's teaching us something about him and God. Show our devotion to deepen our attachment. The Eucharistic event is something that transforms our lives. We must believe in the Eucharist. It is not just something, but someone. God made man. Where our Lord is, the Holy Spirit is there, and the Father is there. This event is unique and unending. Its meaning and value must never be forgotten. The Eucharist is contained in the whole spiritual good of the church. To forget that is to forget the church, its magisterium, the power of its traditions and scripture that it offers us. When we receive the communion, we are incorporated into the body of Christ. It is like he is swallowing us at the same moment that we're partaking him. We must let our lives be transformed and taken up to the Lord at that moment, in a way, a moment of ecstasy. If we become fitting temples and worthy, we eat his flesh and drink his blood that was poured out for us, it strengthens us for the journey to heaven. Is that not what every parent wants for your child? Is that not what every wife wants for her husband? Lest we forget. It is as the Word made flesh that Jesus is glorified, that the Father is present in him, and that he reveals to us the Father. The Eucharist is Christ himself. 
as a living sacrament of the word aimed at curing all hunger and thirst and physical, spiritual suffering of all human needs, of all human beings. Today, we celebrate in a special way the real presence of Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in a solemn procession that will come at the end of this Mass. Real presence, real spiritual and physical. Jesus did. He rose again and is exalted and now present in the sacrament. It is word made flesh. Today, the whole community is walking and paving and rejoicing together with the neophytes, those who have become Christian at the Easter Vigil. It is an illustration and a demonstration of all of us how much we appreciate our faith and that we too are Eucharistic people. In this procession, to all to see and to all to make fun of, we are publicly proclaiming the sacrifice of Christ and the salvation of the whole world. I'll say that again. In procession, we are publicly proclaiming that the sacrifice of Christ is for the salvation of the whole world. The Eucharist is really a priceless treasure. The Blessed Sacrament, one of the greatest things to love on earth, the very reality of Jesus present, his body and soul and divinity that enters into us. Our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is fully present in this real flesh. We have a beautiful creator. Not only did he create, but he feeds us. And he sustains us as creatures, not only creatures, physical creatures, but spiritual creatures. Look at the history of salvation from creation to Adam, to the patriarchs, to the prophets, and to the birth of Christ, and to his teachings, and his passion, his resurrection, and to this altar. We know God through the truth and sacrament of the Eucharist. We need to partake and adore and worship and praise this Eucharist. We have gathered here to do so. If we think about it, how our Jesus was denied hospitality at his birth. He couldn't go into the inn. There was no place to be. Do we deny him our own welcome? Perhaps. There's no room in my heart. There's no room in the inn. Just lay him in a manger where animals eat. Come up and get your fast food. He was rejected by the city of David and the people of David. God, our Jesus, our, God, our Jesus now at his death offers hospitality. Think about that. At our Lord's death, at the institution of the Eucharist, our Lord is offering hospitality. Think about what happened after his resurrection, his glorious body, the breakfast at the seashore, and the bread and the fish. The Father in him, Son in him, unity, their love flowing from them, it is present. 
And unless we eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we have no life in us. How do we worship? How do we pray? How do we spend our time? Who do we spend our time with? This tells us who we are. Does this tell us that we are Eucharistic people? The fact that we are here today, it does. And it's a reminder to God that we indeed remember him. When we come here, it's not to tell God or allow God to remember who we are. We're here to remind him that we remember who he is. To do otherwise is a refusal to serve and to obey and to know God. You know, combining the uncreated with the intimate contact of the created is something phenomenal. The Eucharist is kind of a synthesis, a coming together, a balance of word and flesh and spirit. Truly a miracle. Sometimes we want to be unspiritual beings. We do not know true spirituality. We must reflect on how we must come closer to God. We look at death. We look at the resurrection. We look at the divine mercy and experience the glory and the ascension of our Lord through this Easter season. And we see him present in spirit, but in reality as well. Since the resurrection, we have spent 50 days to Pentecost. And in a sense, it's one great Sunday. Christ-like, we must pledge our individual love and offering to the servants, service of others. The church is called the body of Christ. Therefore, we too must be intimate with the communion with Christ, the head of the church, and be our part of that body. St. Paul uses the metaphor, Christ the head, but it's really talking about unity and the diversity that we provide by bringing our own selves, who are unique in every way. Let us look at salvation history and what it's about. It's all about leading us to becoming and consuming the flesh of Christ. The Holy Spirit and the Eucharist are not inseparable either. It is through the Holy Spirit that the Eucharist provides a sacramental transformation. When we look at this, Jesus transformed the cross, a symbol of death, into a symbol of life. So too the Eucharist, the bread and wine are transformed through the sacrifice of the mass into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And Jesus said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. He says, as I draw myself from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. We must draw near. Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body, I'm giving it up for you. 
and he took the cup, and he drinks the blood of life. This is the New Testament, which will be shed for many unto the remission of sin. Also, the sacrament of the Eucharist is a sacrament of hope. Our Lord ascended into heaven, and he said, I will come back to you. I will not leave you orphans. He chose to come back and dwell with us through the holy sacrament of the Eucharist. Today, this altar and tabernacle become the throne of our merciful God. Whoever eats him will be humbled, yet shall be sustained and healed. Whenever we imagine that we are in control of our lives or someone else's life, we fall prey to the ancient whisper in the garden, you shall be like gods. We have cell phones, aren't we? Morality is enduring. Remember that we become like God, not by our own power, but by the power of the cross. Help us experience with our senses, hearts, and hearing, seeing, tasting, and touching with the heart of faith when we receive our Eucharist today. We must love ourselves for God, God for God, and our neighbors for God. Keep away from Adam's confusion and to be godlike, but to be worth and obedient servants of Christ-like. In our daily lives, we want to be free of temptations and lies and ridicules and accusations. Those are not of God. God is about truth. And when we look at Cain and Abel, and we say Abel the just, we're looking not so much at the gift, but rather the spirit of the giver. Why not look at the spirit of the receiver, all of us? Let's make our actions sincere, innocent, and just. The word made flesh, Jesus, by your examples, our examples, help us to become partakers and ministers of God's abiding mercy. We must become drunk with love of our Creator that we completely lose ourselves. Help us to recognize that we have no meaning apart from God. The Holy Spirit, the heart of Jesus, unite God's living flame of creation and renewal in our lives. Let us pray. You are the mystery of love, and we come together to remind you we remember. Help us with our unbelief. We proclaim your death and profess your resurrection. In our adoration, we know you are near to us, your faithful people, and we are not alone, and we remember in thanksgiving. Help us to know, to learn how to contemplate God more fully in the truth of your wisdom. Do not let us be blinded by our own misguided concept of truth. Give us the supper, the super, the essential giving life bread of eternal life. Jesus, even one drop of your presence, precious blood can heal all our sinfulness and cure us and return our souls to the proper owner, God. In baptism, you gave us the super essential food, our daily bread, the strength of the journey and the remission of sins that leads us to eternal life. Yes. We proclaim and demonstrate our trust in you. Yes, 
We are Eucharistic people. Because and when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim, rise us up for eternal life. Lord God, you are near. We have not forgotten. You see us remembering. In thanksgiving, once again we ask, who is God? We certainly are not gods. Let us never forget that you are before us always. And when we look upon you and gaze upon you, you know our love for you. And you know that we are the center because you are the center and the focus of our lives. In thanksgiving, we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.